0: talking agency pricing models today with jason swank thank you so much for being here how's it going
1: going good thanks for having me on the show
0: absolutely um, so those of you who don't know and there's probably very few of you out there who don't know who jason is um, jason started scaled and sold his multi-million dollar digital agency he saw an opportunity to help others do the same um, and obviously i saw that same opportunity as well um, you work a lot with different digital agencies and other agency owners. When you start out, um, what are the different like pricing model structures that you've seen? I'm sure they're kind of you know all over the place, but what are the different types that you've seen in your work?
1: I think uh, the most common one is them just reaching in their back pocket and just kind of pulling out a number of kind <laughs> of just saying like, and and then they they question it. They're like. 20,000. I'm like, what? I was like, how do you come up with a a value? I think they just don't know. Like, I think the biggest thing that agency owners do wrong, well, there's a thousand things. and, And look, I can beat all of you up because I've done all thousand and probably a million of them. But I think it's not understanding what value you actually deliver to your clients. And if you don't understand that, then you're not able to price it the right way. And you're just pricing it based on what you've done in the past and all your business is built on referrals. So then you're only getting people that are used to a certain price and, and below, and then you're just in this trap and you can't get out. Um, and, or some agencies charge by the hour, right? Mm -hmm. Which I, I, I understand why, right? So I think you probably went through the same thing I did. So, so like we start off, like someone offers us to do a website, like I got my start from uh, m- making this kind of parody website, making fun of my friend that looked like Justin Timberlake and in sync, and I called it in shit and it, it got really popular in nineteen ninety nine back when the Al Gore invented the internet, I guess, and people started asking me to design websites, and I just said pulled it out of my back pocket. It was like five hundred dollars and then I started realizing that scope creep. And people asking for a ton of things started eating into my profit, and so I, then I said, "Well, I'm going to charge hourly, and that won't ever happen." But then that that penalized me <laughs> when I got faster and more efficient, or when my team got more efficient, and so then I then I go, well. What do I need to do? And then I started realizing the the strategies and the tactics I needed to do to, you know, make sure I was getting, you know, 40% margins and above.
0: Right, right. You actually just touched on something that I was going to ask you about. And there are a lot of agency owners who don't really understand why the notion of hourly billing, um, how that penalizes their efficiency. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah. So think about everything like you're doing in your agency is, all about saving your clients time because they can go figure out what you know it will just take them time and so you're you're speeding that up for them but as you start getting more efficient so let's say you take on a, a similar client and you're doing a website or you're doing the same strategy that you've done in another market well you're going to be more efficient which is going to cost you money in the long run right you're losing profit you're not losing money but you're losing profit because you're taking more time it's like it's like the thing of um, the guy coming in to fix, uh, fix your refrigerator, right? He looks at your refrigerator, he goes in the very back, he turns the screw, and it it's, it's works. And then he gives you an invoice for $1,000. And you literally like, dude, do you make $1,000 in one minute? He's like, no, no, th- let me break out the invoice for you. Turning the screw is only $100. But knowing which screw to turn is the 9,000, you know, the nine hundred ninety nine ninety dollars or whatever it is. Right. So,
0: um, it's kind of like, I heard this other person one time talking about, you know, you would never ask a marathon runner, how many steps it took them to run the marathon. Why would you ask somebody how, how long it took them to like finish that job? Right. If, if yeah. Your, your it's crazy. It's the same. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it's kind of a hard thing. Like if you've, you're an agency owner and, um, you know, or even a project manager, and you've kind of trained your clients to do this, to, to, pay, to think of you guys as an hourly sort of commodity. What are the agency owners supposed to do that you know, need to kind of break out of that cycle? How do they address that with the client?
1: Well, they need to ask the right questions. Okay, So a lot of times what I remember people going through was they would um, get a prospect calling them. And then they would dive into talking about their process and their portfolio and, the, and their stupid case studies that no one cares about, right? Rather than asking questions of going like, why do you need a website? What is this going to be doing? How does this affect you? What's your particular problem? Asking questions and putting the attention on, themse- on the prospect rather than their self as an agency.
0: Yeah, because you can get a ton of information. I always say, like, the more that you listen, the more that that prospect is helping you sell them, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's why, you know, we have two ears and two eyes and one mouth, right? <laughs> you should listen and watch a little bit more than you're actually speaking.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um so with all of these different you know, pricing models and structures um, that agencies can actually have implemented, what is your kind of go-to or is that too broad of a, of a question?
1: Well, I think there two ways that I would come up with pricing for our projects and our clients. The first one is probably the easiest one is to look back at the time that it took you on a similar project and then start bumping up, right? So for example, if something took me hundred hours just to make it easy math, I would bump it up 25% for unknowns and 25% for profit. So automatically on top, I'm bumping up 50% and that's on the floor, right? So that, that would be the floor of what I'm not going to go under. And then what I would do is I would look at what's their expectation, what do they expect? You know, I remember getting a call many, many years ago from a company that I never heard of. Rocked the call, got the meeting, went into their meeting, had this huge conference room. All these people came in. I was outnumbered. I was like, oh my God, who is this company? Literally pitched them on a website. I think I pitched like a $15,000 website. They were expecting a $400,000 website. The company was Brookshire Hathaway, right? <laughs> so I didn't I didn't get the right expectations up front because, look, if, you, if they're expecting... X here, like up top, and then you come way under it, they're going to be like, "Oh, you don't get it. Right. And it's a risky decision. And in order to like make someone commit to you, you got to make it less risky. You got to make them feel comfortable and trust you. And uh, you know because at the end of the day, no one's going to lose a project based on price. Right. It's always about like price is irrelevant. If I'm about to have a heart attack, uh, am I going to ask the doctor how much it is to save my life? i like, no, I'll figure out how to pay for it later. It's about urgency. And so you guys need to be urgency detectives and figure out what's the result that you can actually deliver to them and then, you know, communicate that to the client.
0: Right, right. And what about um, recurring revenue? Those are two of my favorite words, always have been. Um, you know, when we talk about tr- maybe a, pl- a prospect is coming in, they're becoming a client for a project build, maybe it's a website or what have you, um, transitioning them over to a retainer model. What do you think about that in terms of just a-, a pricing model?
1: Yeah. So I love the retainer model, right? Because it's predictable and we all want predictable. Um, but it's all about, making sure that you're offering it at the right time and you're positioning yourself as the trusted advisor, right? First you got to build trust and then you also have to have advice for something that can actually help them. So if you're just building a website or if you're just doing PR or if you're just doing, you know, something that anybody else can do, if you're using that to get yourself in the door, that's perfectly fine. But if they're looking at you as that's the only thing you do, Now you're going to be viewed as a commodity. That's why I don't like the HubSpot model, right, of how they teach agencies. They just say, hey, sell our software first, which I get because HubSpot wants to sell more software. But if you're just an inbound agency, you're going to lose because there's so much more that you need. You need to be able to convert the leads. You need to be able to do the landing pages. You need to be able to do the marketing automation. All these other stuff to get them to what they want at the end goal. And so – you need to look at yourself and go, in order to transition to the retainer, you need to look at it going, how can I be more of a, a consulting agency, right? Providing advice rather than just doing the actual work.
0: Yeah. It's so funny that you bring up HubSpot. Um, I used to think like I was always anti-HubSpot. I don't know why from day one I felt like we could my agency could provide these services. I didn't need this software and all of these other agencies were like drinking the HubSpot Kool-Aid. And uh, now I see a trend where a lot of them are like, you know what, this is really expensive. It's expensive for me. It's expensive for my clients. Like we're kind of abandoning and looking at some alternative solutions. So it's just funny that you brought that up.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the, the problem was is they they didn't have the agency experience mm-hmm. and they were giving advice. You know, there's, there's never a problem with, enough there's plenty of advice out there but there's not much wisdom right of you know people that truly understand what you need to go do and 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 have been there and people are just kind of making up as they go not saying that they're making up as they go but you know i just they were one-sided they want to sell more software totally get that but be upfront with people about that
0: right right um so there's you know different types of agency owners across the globe listening watching um, probably really, really interested to hear what you have to say about what is your, like the number one best piece of advice that you would give to an agency in order to get compensated for the value that they deliver to their clients.
1: Pick a particular market and laser down, laser down really where you understand their biggest problems, what they actually want. And then sell them the outcome that they actually want versus selling your service. Right. You guys are positioning yourself like an agency to everybody and then you're selling kind of features. So it'd be like um, Apple saying, oh, check out my check out the new iPhone that is a two terabyte hard drive. Who cares? Their ads all say, look at what you can create and the memories you can create with iPhone. They're selling the outcome. And that's what you need to do as an agency, but you need to know what are the outcomes for a particular market. And then you can really separate yourself from being a me too agency and looking like everybody else.
0: Right. And it's also not just the outcomes, but it's the emotional component also. I want to hit that home because, I mean, outcome is one thing, but like you said uh, a little bit earlier in the show, you're saving someone time. You're, you're giving them back something that is the only you know, non-renewable resource, and that's worth a lot of money so i just want to kind of end that with you know just certainly that emotional component as well yeah cool jason thanks so much for being here i really appreciate your time and um we'll chat soon yep
1: yeah, thanks and for everybody listening I want you guys to take one thing away and go execute it. And the one thing probably you've taken away is you probably need to charge more and just go charge more. And at the end of the day, if you do that, that will position you in order to be able to hire the right people and really help them out. So make sure you go do that. And if you want to know any more, make sure you go to swank.it. It's on the hat and it has a link to the podcast and my blog.
0: Awesome. I'll put all that stuff in the show notes as well, so they'll be able to get all of it with one click. Thanks again, Jason.
1: Thanks for having me.